Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. everybody, Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today, I have a very special guest by request, uh, Mr. Jason Waz. Jason is a physical therapist and private practice owner in the Tampa, Florida area. So welcome to the podcast here, Jason. Appreciate you having me. Awesome. So uh, would love to know how you got into uh, physical therapy and ultimately became a private practice owner. Well, I, I have a tendency to over-prepare for these types of things like podcasts. So I was look, I was listening to all your all your material, right? And as you know, I've been to a lot of the breakthrough uh, you know, events and things like that. But um, I listened to the podcast, really struck me with Ryan Payne talking about wealth management. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, I was kind of laughing because he said, like, I think the question was, what is financial freedom? And most of us as PTs, never really get to see financial freedom. Your organization is helping more PTs probably get to financial freedom and a few other coaches out there than anybody else. But it got me thinking about, uh, you know, an entrepreneur and what's that definition. And and most PTs, as you know, from your experience, are not entrepreneurs whatsoever. And we have to learn that after PT school. I have a sign right outside my office here that has a definition of entrepreneur. It's jumping off a cliff and building a plane on the way down, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> So I was living the, and if you don't build the plane on the way down the first time, you're dead, right? Which is why most businesses fail in the first, whatever, six years, because most of us aren't prepared to be business owners. And so if we can kind of talk about my career about halfway through about five years ago in 2017, I was at a crossroads. I have my private practice in Tampa. At that point, I had been in business for about 10 years. And I had a, you know, I'd made all the classic mistakes. I had a 7,000 square foot sports performance practice as my first place with myself and one other physical therapist for 10 years, right? And so, you know, I was of the mindset, I'm going to build a better product, build it and they will come, right? Feel the dreams. (laughs) And I was 10 years into it and I was just, I was tired. I was worn out. I was at a crossroads and I did three things at the end of 2017. I found a really good coach. I remember I was coming back from a trip uh, in December of 2017, a trip that I couldn't afford, by the way, because I was borrowing money to make payroll almost every other time, right? But I got a solicitation email from a PT business coach, and I think the headline caught my attention. It said, are you interested in having your staff PT just see 10 more patients a week? And I, of course, I was like at rock bottom at that point, <laughs> you know, and uh, I jumped on it and it ended up being Brian Gallagher with Meg Business, who's since turned into my coach, my mentor. And you know, I remember the first meeting I had with Brian when I was like, hey, I got to figure out a different way to do this. He's like, first, you can't have this much overhead. You need to sell the building that you have a mortgage on. And for me, that was really going to be my only nest egg for retirement was my building. I, I, I knew I didn't have a practice I could sell because we were very popular as a practice. We were probably seeing every known sports star that you know in Tampa, but it was there. I had the same issue that a lot of other owners have. They wanted to see me. I had no way to scale my practice. You know, I was done. I, I hired Brian, taught me how to you know, work in my practice, you know, get out of working in my practice and work on my practice. I also, uh, at that point in time, just happened to discover the newbie device, which I know we've talked about before. We can kind of bring up and how that's an amazing cash. And I, uh, we just talked about it before we got on. I, I read the book, Four Disciplines of Execution, and I instilled Chris Machesny's 
philosophy. And if it wasn't for those three things all at once, I probably wouldn't be in practice anymore. And it really helped me uh, build um, the ability to kind of help thousands of other physical therapists that we can talk about with my other company, New PT Tech. But real funny story about like when I finally started to pay off all my debt and I did it really quickly in 2018, I had a lot of debt up until 2017. It was all paid off by 2018 with, you know, having these philosophies and having a differentiator. But my best friend in the world, his name's Bob Hudson. He's a career high school football coach. I've known him since middle school. We roomed together in college. I remember like first quarter of 2018, when I finally started to make enough money to keep some in the bank to make payroll, we were at a Tampa Bay lightning game and beers are like 20 bucks at the lightning games. And he had just started a business that was a side business that he started making money as a football coach, but a different business. And I go, Bob, hey, you remember the lat, you know, you remember the days when we had to think twice about buying a $20 beer? And this is how good of friends we are. He's like, Yeah, you mean like two weeks ago? And it was like, I just thought that was the funniest thing. So my definition of financial freedom is being able to buy a $20 beer at a lightning game and not have to worry about it. So yeah. You know, so, but yeah, you know, it took me like, you know, 10 years of owning my practice to finally get to the point where I survived. I was able to stay in business to really figure out strategies to become successful. So, you know, for those practice owners that are out there, we're seeing lower reimbursement, you know, higher pay for our staff. It's harder to find staff, you know, the whole thing, how do we, you know, how do we get at least 20% cash in our pockets in a physical therapy practice? So, you know, happy to elaborate on any of that stuff that we talked about, you know, from the summit previously a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for that, Chase. Uh, we, yeah, it, exactly what you said. I was just on two calls uh, prior to this one where one with owners talking about dramatic decrease in reimbursements over the last five or six years uh, within PT, especially for those of us that are, you know, still in network and participating with insurances, which is the the majority you know, what can we do to mitigate that? Plus we have dramatic increase pressure on cost of doing business, just as you said. And in the end, we're left with razor thin margins and an inability to buy $20 beers at uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa right. Bay. <laughs> Great. So um, it, can you talk about, uh, start with new, P, uh, new PT technologies, exactly what that is and yeah. uh, what you're doing with new fit. I think that would be a good start. Sure. So uh, one of my satellite locations up until 2017, we were at a, we've always been kind of in gyms. Everybody knows the gym satellite location story, right? It's less rent. You have access to the whole gym, but it's really not a long-term business model because you can't control the music. You can't control the hours. You can't control what's going on. But uh, one of the really big benefits was the owner of that gym. He's a pretty famous, well-known bodybuilder and educator for bodybuilders. His name is Ben Pakulski. He's from Toronto. Uh, he's been in the Arnold, you know, finals and things like that. But he's really known as a very good educator for bodybuilders. And when Ben talks, he has a presence and you kind of listen. So I was in his, in his gym seeing patients with weights banging. And I think I was actually working with an autistic teenager at the time. Can you imagine that in a gym with weights banging all over the place? Um, but he's like, Hey, you know, I just went to this uh, bodybuilding competition. Uh, this was, you know, Q3, Q4 of 20, I'm sorry, of 2017. And he's like, there's this guy Matt named Garrett Saltpeter, and he has this device that you seem like you're really interested in all this new technology. You should check it out. 
And so I called the number that Ben gave me and it, it was for new fit for the newbie with Garrett Saltpeter and Garrett answered the phone, you know, early on in their business life <laughs> and had a really good conversation with them. And I could tell the company culture with new fit and the potential for the little I knew about the newbie device that it was worth a try. And little did I know until I flew there a week later, spent three or four days that I, you know, there were no physical therapists that even knew about this thing. It just got FDA cleared, you know, at the end of 2017 in September. And I'll still remember, you know, I was at one of Garrett's first trainings uh, for the newbie. And it was me. I think there was one other healthcare professional. There was about eight or 10 biohackers, bodybuilders, business people that were interested in it. And he came to a lesson where he's talking about the nervous system. And he's like, um, Jason, you're one of the only medical providers here. You know, tell them the difference between a Golgi tendon organ and a muscle spindle. And I've been out of school for 25 years. I'm like, well, I know what they are. And I'm like, burrito supreme. I'm like, thanks for putting me on the spot. So I still talk about that. But I saw what Garrett was doing just with sports, you know, sports trainers using this newbie device. There were people coming in, dropping 200 bucks on the table, literally going into a space that's 800 square feet. There were 10 people working out. They would come in happy to give their $200 and they were leaving even happier with whatever they just did with this machine. And I'm like, you know what? This has a really big potential in the PT world. So where do I get mine and how do I pay for it and all the other stuff? So I ended up getting a newbie device and uh, learned how to use it. And basically just told my staff, you know, we have nothing to lose. Let's just learn how to use it and use it on as many people as possible. And after quarter one of 2018, when I had just gotten the device, I looked at my numbers, you know, my stats, my KPIs, and I was busier in Q1 than any Q1 that I've ever been in business. And it was because I was able to just teach my staff how to utilize this device. And another amazing thing happened that's important for practice owners. Uh, patients quit asking for me once they got on this newbie device. And they started wanting to see my junior therapists that also were trained in how to use it because of the results they were getting. And so the take home message there is whatever you're gonna sell, whatever your message is to be a differentiator, if it just works, and you have a standard operating procedure on how you're going to apply it and at least expose every one of your customers to this amazing thing that works. Um, you know, that's how, you know, that's how you're going to be successful. So what I did over the next two years, you know, leading up to COVID is I started developing physical therapy protocols and more importantly, proof of concept in an outpatient physical therapy practice to show you can get ROI and how much better your numbers can get, which is having a differentiator such as the newbie device. And uh, COVID hit, and then I started, you know, creating virtual training platforms and mostly telling PT practice owners how to incorporate a really unique piece of technology into your business model. Not so much like the neuroscience that Garrett and his team could teach way better than I could ever teach, but how to incorporate that into your business model based on a long-term case study or kind of a think tank in my own clinic. So new PD tech was formed to start, you know, reach as many physical therapists as possible, introducing new technology. And that really is focused. The anchor is the newbie device. But since then, I've had companies approach me and I've done clinical research and clinical trials, pre and post intervention, you know, before and after on a bunch of different things. And now we represent three or four products, including the newbie, but the newbie is definitely by far the biggest differentiator. And so the whole company was based around helping as many other physical therapy practice owners get out of their own way. All the mistakes that I had made many, many times <laughs> that I didn't know about the first 10 years in practice and, you know, using technology to help kind of bring them out of that slump as well. So that's what we're doing today. And that's whenever you see me at your events or in the other events, I'm at the newbie booth telling as many PT practice owners as possible, stand at the top of the highest mountain. And, you know, if you add something that just works, I can help you bring it into your business based on now hundreds of 
practices that I've worked with and probably over 3000 physical therapists that I've worked with over the past four or five years. So awesome. So Jason, you mentioned uh, the newbie device and Garrett's been on uh, the show here, been on an episode. We, we can link that out in the show notes as well. For those of you that are listening and haven't heard that yet, but for uh, listeners that aren't familiar with the, the newbie device, can you briefly talk about, you know, scientifically, what is it doing? Uh, how's it helping patients? I know I've had the, uh, what's the reset? Master the, reset. Yeah. Master reset. Yeah. The, the well, let's start with the master reset. Yeah. So the newbie is pulse direct current where any other stim device that most physical therapists, you know, would have used would be alternating current. And again, I went from not knowing what a Golgi tendon organ and a muscle spindle was to really having to go relearn the physics and the neuroscience behind all this. Right. So, uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm having a squirrel moment with, uh, is Albert Einstein. It's not that I'm so smart. It's just, I stick with problems longer, right? You make a mistake and you get embarrassed enough. You have a tendency not to make that mistake again. <laughs> Uh, so the newbie is pulse direct current. And for those of you out there, there's a lot of devices out there. Now that newbie is becoming more and more prevalent and well-known and getting amazing results that are saying they're pulse direct current. But if you just take a traditional TENS unit, um, it has a red and a black lead, which I still don't know why a TENS unit has a red and a black lead. Cause if you put one of those leads on the patient, they'll feel it because the, the current is alternating on that one pad where with pulse direct current. Uh, specifically the newbie, you have to have both pads on the patient in order for them to feel it because the current flows unidirectionally, you know, under normal polarity from the red pad toward the black pad. So one of the unique properties that that provides with the newbie is we do something called mapping. So say somebody has a shoulder issue, uh, you basically map on the shoulder region, you know, the stuff we're taught, a joint above, a joint below, clear the other joints, that type of thing. But you just map with a certain level of intensity on the newbie and wherever the patient feels the stimulation the most, that's where there's a disconnect in the connection between the brain and the nervous system causing pain, dysfunctional movement, weakness. Now we're measuring at 500 Hertz, which is too high a frequency for the muscle to contract like, you know, volitionally and, and functionally, but we're looking for spots in the muscle that are overactive and we're trying to find those spots. And what happens is those spots kind of repel the electricity. So the patient feels it there. So one of the, the, our standard operating procedure of educating patients when we do the mapping you know, process is on the first visit, we can find two spots with 100% certainty where there's at least a nervous system disconnect causing pain, weakness, dysfunction. So we're, if you want to call it trigger points, if you want to call it muscle tone, in the case of like a neurological insult, like a stroke, we're finding spots where the brain can't turn those muscles off. We're identifying them and almost adding a shock collar to a dog. So 90% of the uses with the newbie are finding spots with 100% certainty. Then the beauty of using it and the reason it's adopted across like 90% of the patients in every clinic is the physical therapist does not have to change the way they practice physical therapy. They spend five minutes doing this mapping process and then they just do the movement part that they're going to do in therapy anyway. And it's basically a 10x multiplier of just reprogramming the brain and getting rid of that neurological disconnect that's happened. So yeah, and that's part of our standard operating procedure. We've created PDFs with the elevator talk that took me four years to perfect. <laughs> but we find two spots with 100% certainty. You move like you normally would. And, and most patients feel a significant change within the first session because we're operating at the level of the nervous system. So that's the part of it just has to work. My job in working really closely with Garrett and his team is to you know convince physical therapists who maybe haven't heard of the newbie or 
they hear the name newbie and they think they're going to market and promote the name newbie Well, I teach them how to market and promote the problem they solve and not necessarily the name of a device nobody heard about. Right. <laughs> so that's a whole nother topic that we can get into today if need be. <laughs> cool. So uh, you talked a lot there. I'm interested in the talking about the PDF. And also you said, you know, in 2018, you, uh, you met with your staff and you were teaching them how to expose patients yeah. uh, to the newbie device. Can you talk about yeah what you did in 2018 and then maybe comment on how that has evolved over time? Because one of the biggest challenges, so if we take a 30,000 foot view here for a second, yeah. we have declining reimbursements from insurance companies, increased cost of doing business. Many practices are looking to add a cash pay service. So the first challenge is, well, which one do I pick? Yes, we want something backed by science that fits into our service delivery really well. Once they get the device, it's, well, how do I get my staff to use that device? Because, you know, you and I as clinicians, typically we're not, uh, we're, we're very sales adverse mm -hmm. and getting somebody to pay cash for something feels like sales to me. That's the common thing that we hear from therapists. So how do you help owners? And I know you do an amazing job at this. What did you do with, from 2018 and how did, did that evolve to now? And then how do you help owners overcome that barrier? Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> if you need me to slow down, because like you should yeah. see me trying to talk to Siri, the words are never correct because my wife says I mumble and I don't understand it until I go back and hear a recording, which is why I never listen to my own podcast. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so 2018. So again, think about, I was the first PT on the planet to bring this into my practice, right? And it just, it was FDA cleared, which was great, but there was, it had no time to get peer reviewed research at that point in time. I just saw what it was doing. I saw the euphoria on the clients in Garrett's clinic. And I'm like, what PT practice wouldn't like to make seven figures in cash just because of one device, which is close to what they were doing. He said this publicly, so I'm not giving any trade secrets away, right? What PT practice, so that was my thinking is like, wow, it's working so well, you know, just teach me the basics how to do it. So we, he taught me the mapping process, right? Taught me all the neuroscience. They do tests and activations, almost like muscle activation type stuff as part of their, the new fit theory. Um, but when I brought it back to my team, I had the same fear that every other practice owner out there has. Like, they're going to be like, you know, you're just making my life more difficult. This is going to be harder to use. So I just said, hey, just do the mapping process at the end of the first session, telling them, hey, we're going to do a diagnostic to find the spots and then spend two or three sessions on every single patient. Don't worry about if you're charged. This is early on, right? Don't worry about if you're charging cash, if you're going through insurance, if you're billing neuromuscular rehab, which is FDA cleared. We are just going to use it on everybody and see what happens. That's the hardest part, right? When you bring something in and you immediately tell your staff, well, we paid all this money for this equipment. It's not covered by insurance. You have to sell it. Sales and marketing are the two most feared words in any me medical provider's repertoire, right? <laughs> Especially a staff level physical therapist. So I, wanted, I knew early on I had to eliminate those two things. So we just used it on everybody. At the end of the first quarter, um, I told, already told you my business went up, not because we were promoting it to anybody, but because patients were getting such a good result. They would go to the supermarket here is called Publix. There would be people in Publix that would tell some stranger the experience they had in physical therapy. Now, I don't care how much your average patient likes your physical therapist. They're not telling the Publix checkout guy about their experience in physical therapy, right? They might tell a friend or family member, but it's usually just something they go to because they're getting better and they have to. 
So we started developing what I kind of later termed practice evangelists without soliciting them whatsoever. We were getting more referrals. By the end of the first year, just going through that same process, we had 92% more referrals than any year in my 10-year history. And the only thing I did clinically was add the newbie. Like I said, I, I hired Brian Gallagher to teach me how to be a CEO. And you know, we're doing four disciplines of execution, but clinically the newbie was the only thing. Um, so in 2019, uh, you know, Garrett was doing his live training in Austin once a month. And I said, hey, can I start training therapists to come to Florida to expose more people to them? And so we agreed to do that. And I said, well, I can't regurgitate everything you're doing, Garrett. What about if I just talk to them about my experiences and the miraculous recovery a lot of people are getting? And so I would get 10 or 12 physical therapists from across the country come to Tampa and just to learn about the newbie experience, it, it wasn't an, even a paid thing. It was just coming, let me expose you to it. By the end of the first half of the first day where I was just sharing patient success stories, almost every physical therapist in the room, every time we did 12 or 14 of those over the next year, was asking me, well, how soon can I get one of these? And I already have 10 patients in mind that this could benefit. And so that's where I started thinking, hmm. And then COVID hit, we're like, oh crap, what are we gonna do? Well, it forced our hand with create, creating a virtual training platform. So I might have trained 120 therapists and you know who then adopted the newbie you know, from the live training, but I was able to reach 2000 physical therapists in the next year and a half because of the virtual training platform. And one thing I noticed, and I don't know if you noticed this in your experience is during COVID, people really kind of hustled to make sure their business wasn't going to close down in physical therapy. So people, there was like an extra level of, of alert. And over the past two years since then, I've seen a little bit of letdown in that with most practice owners where they kind of like, we survived, we stayed in business. And now they don't really seem as motivated to kind of really survive as much. I don't know if that's been your experience at all, but that's kind of how it's evolved from like live training to virtual training uh, to, you know, uh, you know, we, we probably, you know, do 40 or 50 of these a month now, or we're just doing the virtual training with people, you know, wanting to get back to live training because live training is always, you know, going to be helpful as well. Yeah. Just to, I agree with you on the phenomenon you're just talking about there where I saw owners, you know, in, investing in themselves every single day in the early pandemic. And then, uh, yeah, once it became clear, like, oh, I'm going to make it out of this uh, the, the, that sense of urgency just isn't there quite today of what I saw two or three years ago, for sure. But we are seeing a lot more people pay attention to now. We, I've been talking about it. I, my practice has always been a hybrid practice where we didn't take the bad paying insurances from the very beginning in 2007 when we opened. So we had that experience of, of, of just taking the higher payers or else having a lot of experience with cash. But we are seeing now since COVID, practices are really realizing they have to have like 10, 15, 20, 30% cash. Otherwise, there's not a chance like for a lot of them, right? So that's where the technology comes in and having a differentiator. So from 2018 to now, how the messaging has evolved, and I did a, a Zoom cast where I talked about this, is we still use in my practice because we're a hybrid practice. We can still build neuromuscular rehab with Medicare and TRICARE, which are the two insurances that we take. Everybody else is out of network or cash pay. So we still don't decide who, who's going to get the newbie because it could benefit 90% of the people. But our net revenue per visit is up like $15 a visit every year since we added the newbie because of neuro Riyadh and how we're billing and how we're able to increase our fees. Uh, but we also teach our therapists 
patients still think of physical therapy as something they need a re referral for and a doctor sends them for 75 to 80% of the time. There still are very few patients that really even know about open access. And, and even though we've had it in Florida forever. So I work with physical therapists in my practice and everywhere else to help them bring up optimal, the optimal health message during the course of physical therapy. They came to you for physical therapy for a neck, back, shoulder, whatever, uh, whether it's a laser, whether it's a newbie, whether it's another device, Indiva device, whatever it is. Um, if a patient needs things that you know, eventually are going to be a cash-based service. Like for instance, the master reset with the newbie, we put the pads on the vagus nerve, put the other pads on the feet, and it brings you out of a sympathetic dominant state into more of a parasympathetic dominant state. If a patient comes in and says, Hey, I'm pretty worn out. Um, I don't know if I could do a lot of heavy therapy today. You know, we educate them about how the master reset works and why it's important to treat your autonomic nervous system. And guess what? Most of those patients, when they're done with therapy, they'll ask saying, Hey, can I still come back for that? Because I'm sleeping better. I have less brain fog. I'm not arguing with my spouse for no reason anymore. Uh, that really seemed like it helped. Um, another purpose and use of the newbie device is to do strength training. So if you dial a frequency down from 500 Hertz, what we talked about with the rehab down to about 55 Hertz, it actually has an anabolic effect on really stimulating the nerves to make the muscle contract harder. Uh, and that's, there's two peer reviewed studies now that we uh, help spearhead from University of South Florida that proves that the newbie works as good as traditional strength training without putting any stress on the joints. So our standard operating procedure with all of our patients is to do a strength session, maybe a couple of weeks before they get discharged, just to expose them to the strength specific properties the newbie can have as part of their physical therapy. That's the ticket they're already in for. And then they'll see the delayed onset muscle soreness, but not joint soreness and things like that. So he gives us time to kind of educate them on that. So I'm a really big proponent of not having to teach your clinical staff how to sell, but teach them how to educate and expose them to the amazing properties of the tools you already have through the course of physical therapy. And that's been kind of like the golden ticket to get turn everybody into a salesperson where they're just educating at that point. You know? Smart. Jason, you, you talked about, you mentioned a hybrid pair model. I'm assuming that's part insurance, part cash. Uh, you had mentioned, you know, the Garrett's practice, $200 per treatment session. Um, and then at the same time, some insurance companies are uh, reimbursing for this under neuromuscular re-ed. Um, cash pay service, selling the newbie, selling a treatment session um, of new, across the country with the practices that you're working with, what are they selling it for? How are they packaging that a, a cash pay service like that? So we're widespread enough. I, 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 there's a evolution of adaption or an evolution of change theory. And I think that's what it's called, where it's like you're in the early, you know, the early adopter, early majority, you know, late majority, that type of thing. We're kind of getting into the early majority now, but we're still only in, you know, five, 600 practices across the country, you know, being, you know, uh, you know, less than conservative. But um, so we've had the opportunity though, to see like what a practice in upstate New York where the average net re revenue per visit is still $55. <laughs> we have clinics in upstate New York that are, that have eight newbie devices because they're getting so many more referrals and they have contracts with the school system where it's worked there. They told me early on this particular clinic, we will not be able to sell it for cash and sometimes when you get into more of a sales rep role, like I guess you could consider me being a representative for other companies. Sometimes you have to read the room and agree with them and not try to push it because you're going to lose them forever, right? You have one opportunity. So we work with them to just get more referrals for that. 
we have clinics that are only cash in like Seattle that are charging $200, $250. I have a former intern of mine that has a concierge practice down in South Florida, down in Miami. Um, he was interning with me when we were just learning how to utilize the newbie. He borrowed money from his brother who was in the military, started his own uh, mobile business. He now has six machines. He has three therapists that use three machines and go to people's homes and charge $300 to $400 per session. And uh, he rents out the other three machines, other customers that he has telehealth with for like 150, you know, a, a day or a session or something like that. Um, we have a clinic in Southwest Florida, which was one of the really early adopters um, that uh, makes about $100,000 a year only selling the newbie for cash. So when people say, well, how should I do it? I'm like, well, what is your business model? How, how do you want to utilize it? And that's where I come in and help them customize. Like, how are you going to get that message across? Everybody gets the same like SOP, you know, single page PDFs with the elevator talk. They all get all those resources, but we customize it to however they want to utilize it. But uh, my clinics, we charge $200 for an eval and 150 per session um, after that. Uh, one of the things that Chris Nachesny teaches in four disciplines of execution that we, you know, we follow our, our trifecta, our third part of the trifecta is um, there's a lot of strategy out there and a lot of strategy books, but there are very few books and theories that talk about execution, but execution like simplicity and transparency. So the clinics, you even work with some of the clinics that I've spoken to, they have like a, a menu of cash pay services that looks like, you know, the Denny's menu. It's like 18 pages. I'm, I'm, I'm telling these people, I'm like, listen, create one fee and they get any service you possibly could want for cash pay and just invest in the right equipment to do that. Because if there's simplicity and transparency, you're going to sell a lot more of it and your staff isn't going to be, you know, like a yodel or, a, or an auctioneer trying to, you know, trying to get the patient to, to think about what they want. You know, you could benefit from these services. We have all, we have the elevator talk right here for you. We have one price and you can get any service that we think and you think you need. And we're going to do that. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get people convinced into doing instead of, and I also, I also frown upon people that do half hour sessions or half a session if they do a 40 minute or a 20 minute, because people always buy the, the, the lower one and they end up getting the full one because they stay longer. So, yeah, you know, I don't know what your philosophy is on that, but I, I, I hate when people do like half sessions because people always buy the half sessions and they end up, the therapist, you know, schedule ends up, they have an opening after that. So they see them the full hour anyway, you know? Exactly. One more question, right? That's typically what happens is anytime that we offer a foot in the door type model. Um, I entertained that early in practice, uh, but never went through with it. Like I think we used to call it a wellness, right? Like some sort of membership where uh, graduated patients could come in for, and you know, th they would basically want a treatment for 40 bucks a month, something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I know the other thing uh, that you do that I've heard you talk about and mention is the pay for pay for performance uh, for your, your staff, your team. And to me, that is, you know, super appealing to explore because especially if we have declining reimbursement as a model, um, you know, the industry standard and we have upward pressure on cost. Well, if we have a pay for, for performance model in place for our team, then a lot of those problems are, are solved automatically. So can you talk about that and how you implement uh, that yeah, the, um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really important. Uh, I listened to that podcast you did recently as well about you know lower reimbursement and you know talked about how do you how do you retain and how do you get quality you know new therapists right? And you said you have, you have a a plan where they can grow with your company and have a leadership role and all that other stuff. 
And that's part of like, if you, whether you call it from a pay for performance standpoint, but it really is a pay for performance mile because they continue to go up in, in different tiers. So we started doing that, you know, a, a long time ago, uh, initially because uh, I was getting so upset being the owner of the practice and I, my schedule would be full and all the, before new new week, right? All the junior therapists were not full. And if there's a cancellation, Generally speaking, they're probably going to be happy if they're not on a pay for performance, you know, program, especially if it's late on a Friday or something, right? They're not going to be doing what we call cluster booking, trying to get somebody from next week into that spot that canceled. So it was, it was there were a lot of issues with a traditional salary model and, you know, a 3% raise maximum at the end of every year. And, but if you do the math, somebody's a really good employee, you go 10 years, you're getting a 30% raise for just doing the same job over and over again. So how do we kind of have a happy medium? Uh, Brian Gallagher calls it exchange in abundance, right? So I started thinking, well, how how could we do a pay for performance? So I started looking at average salaries across the board in Florida and Tampa. And so we picked the lower end of an average salary for a new grad. And so let's just say it's 60 grand. Uh, so we offer staff level physical therapists, a base salary of 60 grand. And, and the way I kind of can recruit for that is we tell them, and most of these are new grads, you're not going to get like a, a 30 year manual therapist that is going to want to do that, you know, and you can't, we can't afford 20 of those anyway, anywhere. So, but most of them are new grads. We have the newbie where we know they could be a really good clinician right away and be that clinical wizard with the practice evangelist, right? And so uh, 60 grand is their base salary, but they only have to see 40 patients a week, right? And what's the national average now? 60 and an outpatient setting, 55, 60, something like that. Yeah, it's it going down a good bit over the last three years because of uh, changes in federal payer. Yeah, so let's just say so we only say your your exchange in order to be doing a good job with us is to see forty patients a week. If you want to see forty five, or if you want to see fifty, and you want to kind of really work your schedule, and it's your discretion. We generally schedule at the top of the hour and schedule an hour at a time, but they can decide who can be doubled up appropriately and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you get a per diem. And then you get bonus at the end of the month if you average more than a certain number over 40. And then you get another bonus at the end of six months and the end of 12 months. So my average new grad under that model and they're motivated, they can either have a cake job just seeing 40 patients a week, everybody's happy. Or, uh, you know, if they average, like I think one of my new grads a couple of years ago averaged like 46 patients a week. And with all the bonuses that we build in for performance, he made like 90 grand his first year. But I was happy he was seeing more patients. You do the math of the multiplier of what you know they need to generate revenue based on what their salary and benefits are, and it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So six visits a week, you're at 150, so that's 900 times 50, for an extra 45k in revenue to the practice, and he yeah. gets an extra 30 of that. Yeah, and then you know if the clinic, we have three locations. If each location works as a team and they all average forty-four patients a week, we did the math and all the metrics, and depending on what your payer scale is, we can kind of help different clinics figure out what their baseline metric is. But uh, everybody in the in the clinic, if they if each FTE averages forty-four patients in a week as an in a, in a week over the course of a full month, for example, everybody, including the receptionist. Uh, everybody at the tax, everybody that works there gets an extra $500 bonus every single month. Sweet. You know, and, but they all have to work as a team. So it's individual bonus, team bonus. And then if they average those 44 over six months, they get an extra week's pay. If they average that over 12 months, they get two weeks pay in December. So it's all, 
you know, your raise is going to be dependent on how, how much work you want to do, but I'm happy if you just want to be a really good employee seeing 40, it, it, you know, we'll, we have other people that will want to see more volume. So that's kind of, and that was like trial and error. I mean, I failed more times than anybody ever succeeded, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, wow, this actually works now. We don't do any raises at the end of each year. Our base, our, our staff PT is at, let's say 60. If you move up to middle management, you get a bigger bump for your base. And if you move up to upper, upper level management, you get a bigger bump. And then obviously senior management, you know, we kind of have different things that, you know, yeah. are profit, whatever, you know, profit sharing or whatever. But um, we never have to worry about, like, we just have to worry about, are you doing your job and exchanging in abundance or at least enough abundance to make your base salary? And it works great. Everybody's happy. Very cool. Uh, Jason, before the call and in the prep, you had sent over a document tax benefits for the practice owner. We'll link this out in the show notes. Do you want to talk about what exactly is in uh, the link here? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, um, again, I was trying to, I'm, I'm, like I said, I over-prepare and I really, I'm always been a rule follower. So I saw the line in the show prep saying it should be a value and not solicitation, but this is really high value. So I tried to follow <laughs> the rules. Uh, it is. But, I, I looked at it. It's great. Yeah. It's yeah, really good. So yeah. Therapists don't know, like if you go on that link, it's called section 179. And I am shocked whenever I bring it up for a physical therapist saying, check with your CPA. 90% of the time, it's the first time they heard of section 179, but any capital equipment and medical businesses qualify, the newbie qualifies, an automobile, if it qualifies for business qualifies. Again, I don't want to give CPA advice, but if you go on this website, it's called section 179.org, O-R-G, and the 179 is a number. It has a it has a calculator there. If you plug in 18 grand for a newbie, and it's still valid for 2023 tax year, and it has been for the last two or three years, it'll tell you what your actual dollar amount that's going to come off the bottom, you know, the top line, bottom line, whichever one it is. So a newbie uh, with section 179, you plug in the tax bracket, it ends up costing you not 18 grand, but like 13 grand. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's real dollars. It's not like, oh, write-offs. You know, like we hear it all the time from our friends and family. Well, if the insurance doesn't pay the 200 that you bill on your fee schedule, can't you just write that off? That's not <laughs> how it works, right? Like, it's like, <laughs> my mom actually just said that to me. She's coming in for physical therapy. Well, can't you just write it off? She, you know, you know that, no, no, actually I have to pay for it either way because that, that's the regulation. So, yes. <laughs> yes, smart. I, I do. I hear that one a lot. Yeah, everything's a write-off. Right. That's great. But Including you plug the, it in, any equipment, if you're buying a, a laser, if you're buying an Indiva machine, if you're buying an Ultra G, whatever it is, you just plug in the number there and you see what the true, like really the dollar amount that you're actually paying for that capital equipment. Great. Yeah. And we'll link the, for all the uh, listeners. We'll link that out in the show notes as well. Thanks for yeah, we that. sent you a blog. We do a blog a day uh, on our website, newptsec.com. I mean, a blog a week. So over the past five years, there's probably 300 of them on there. But uh, yeah, we we linked a blog that actually talks about how 179 would work in a physical therapy practice as well. Yeah, we'll include that. Um, so for our listeners that are more interested in uh, learning either about you or new PT tech or the newbie device, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, our website is newpttech.com. That's spelled N-E-U-P-T-Tech.com. And my email is jason at newpttech.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. And uh, we do free consultations. Like I, I spend more time talking to people on Zoom and things like that than I do doing anything else. Um, 
Uh, I'm literally living the four hour work week. If you've ever read that book, you know, with my practice now, because I went from being chief cook, bottle washer, drowning in my practice to where I have an amazing leadership team that we're getting ready to kind of transition into, you know, much bigger roles in my practice. And so I, I have time to talk to people that just have questions about anything that we talked about. And it's never going to be a, a solicitation or a hard sale. It's literally, um, you probably get this all the time too, because I don't think you treat patients that much anymore, if at all, either. And people say, well, you're a physical therapist. I thought you got into this to helping people. Aren't you missing treating patients? The answer is yes, but mostly no, because when I get to you know speak to 3,000 other physical therapists over the past five years and really share what I've learned and made mistakes learning, and my hands are really an extension of what their hands are now. So I feel like I'm, I'm getting a lot out of just kind of helping as many other people as possible and seeing their the value that that provides and seeing their, their success. And so um, I don't miss it anymore because of that. If I didn't have that, I probably would. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're leaving a big impact, helping a lot of people just in a different way. Exactly. Very cool. Um, final question here for you, Jason, before we sign off um, <clears throat> book, other than four disciplines of execution, although I, I guess you could use that um, a, a book that as you were growing up, dramatically transformed or influenced your life? Um, well, I figure I grew up after 2017, really. So <laughs> I, I, and I'm not traditionally a reader and I'm no, I'm still not a book reader, but I'm a book listener. So I, I do book on tape when I'm walking, like I'm getting ready to go walk in the 90,000 degree heat in a, in a, in the woods after this to kind of decompressed. But uh, so I listened to a lot. I've read and listened to so many more books in the past five years than I have in my entire life. But um, if you want to read a really good book that bridges the gap between being a healthcare provider and what the patient's situation is, especially with like a terminal illness, um, I just got done with a book called When Breath Becomes Air. Um, it's a New York bestseller. It's by Dr. Paul Kalanathy. He was a neurosurgeon at Stanford and ended up uh, passing away with brain cancer. So he wrote memoirs. Uh, and uh, another one from a business standpoint, which is amazing, uh, Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martell. Yeah, that's, I just got that within the last month. That's funny. Anybody sense. who's a practice owner or any business owner absolutely needs to read Buy Back Your Time. Uh, and if you can afford somebody who assists you with your calendar and your email and things like that, as you get busier, do whatever you have to do to be able to hire that person. That's the main talking point of buy back your time. <laughs> Love it. Uh, great recommendations. I've heard of both. I think, uh, when breath becomes air was mentioned on, uh, Tim Ferriss or Andrew Huberman podcast, uh, yeah. anyhow, uh, heard that mentioned before and literally just got that Dan Martell Martell book. So Thanks again for uh, doing this, Jason. You did awesome and uh, really love what you're doing in the private practice community. Thank you so I much. Appreciate for you having me on and look forward to seeing you at the next uh, breakthrough event or PPS, whichever one's first. Right. Uh, yeah. October 5th through 7th, we're in Denver for Breakthrough Live. And then uh, November, I'll be with you in Austin. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you there. Cool, man. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much. What's your strategy for boosting your profit margins? In the current industry landscape, margins are slim due to declining reimbursements and the rising cost of doing business. Breakthrough has just released a new course, Profitability Under Pressure. This 13-week masterclass focuses on five key areas in your practice that can help you increase your profits. We'll guide you through creating a financial plan, which is a step overlooked by many other practices. You'll also learn how to renegotiate insurance contracts, 
evaluate whether cutting ties with lower payers is beneficial, and how to add cash pay services to improve your lifetime patient value. By the end of this course, you'll have improved control over your profit margins and a clear roadmap for future growth. This program is exclusively for private practice owners. You must apply to be accepted. No hops or pops practices. Click the link below to get started. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.